Bonjour, vous écoutez Barbara Viernick Explorers, le podcast qui vous emmène à la rencontre des chanteurs de jazz actuels en Europe. I'm Portuguese. I love the sun, the ocean, good food. And uh, yeah, I guess that's also part of my personality as a musician too. C'est au Portugal et plus précisément à Porto, dans l'appartement familial, que j'ai interviewé Sofia Ribeiro. Que ce soit lors de cette interview, dans son enseignement ou en concert, Sofia, c'est un rayon de soleil. La première fois que je l'ai vue, ça remonte déjà à il y a quelques années, elle était sur la scène de la Jazz Station à Bruxelles. J'ai rarement vu une chanteuse aussi lumineuse et solaire, d'une générosité incroyable avec son public et tellement complice avec son groupe. Il émane d'elle une grande douceur, beaucoup de sincérité et elle donne le sourire à tous ceux qui l'approchent. Mais entrons directement dans le vif du sujet. Sophia s'inspire de tout ce qui la touche, chanteur, culture ou encore littérature. Des rythmes brésiliens au fado portugais, en passant par la vie new-yorkaise, Rien ne la laisse indifférente. Toutes ses expériences et rencontres font d'elle la chanteuse qu'elle est aujourd'hui. Elle a d'ailleurs parfois du mal à se définir dans un style particulier. Écoutez vous-même. Jazz a été le style que j'ai focusé plus pour un long temps. Pour plusieurs années, j'étais obsédée avec le jazz. Maintenant, je ne me dis pas un jazz singer parce que... It just has been opening up so much what I've been doing. I mean, jazz is definitely there. And if I choose one, one style, it's going to be jazz, that's for sure. But um, I guess it's, a, it's just a mix of uh, jazz with, with my own roots in music, which is mostly Portuguese and Brazilian music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, I could say modern jazz, but that sounds, that probably doesn't sound so accurate. So it's my own jazz, I guess. <rire> Son propre jazz, elle l'a construit en s'inspirant de différentes voix. La merveilleuse chanteuse de fado Amalia Rodriguez, mais aussi Ella Fitzgerald, Anita O'Day, Bobby McFerrin, sont autant de chanteurs qui ont permis à Sofia de construire son propre style en mixant différents outils. Et elle cite également les personnes qui l'ont personnellement guidée dans sa recherche vocale. Each one of them shows, showed me different ways of doing music in, in they invited me to explore really different ways of using my voice. So, so from Bob Stoloff, I mean, I got a lot of this, and also for, from fake lesson, a lot of these more swing, bebop, scat singing sounds, but then with Rihanna, and suddenly I'm improvising with completely different sounds. Hello, yo, yo, you know, it's just, that's not scat and, uh, anymore. And, and, Uh, yeah, they definitely encourage me to explore many, many ways of singing. And that's part of my sound today, because I just go and pick up all of these tools and I just use them to express myself. So all of them were people who were mastering their instruments in a way, you know, who no matter if they were studying in university or not, because not at all, actually, probably from all of those, maybe none of them studied no, in a conservatory, <laughs> right? Maybe Bob McFerrin studied in the universe at some point. 
but they just really explore the instruments in, in, um, in a very deep way and they were really mastering what they were doing. That's definitely one, one thing. And I always try to think that way too. Okay, I'm a singer, so I'm just gonna do all I can with my voice and, and, and really study as much as I can to be a good, a good singer and a good jazz singer, a good improviser. And then also the, um, the expression part, you know, like the, the way they're so ex they were so expressive with their instruments, you know, really connecting also in an emotional way. If I listen to Chet Baker, Chet Baker, it just, it just, it, it's touching for me. Amalia Rodriguez, oof, it just, just, she sings with all her body and soul and just comes from, I don't know, I don't even know from what place it comes, but you just feel it in your whole body when you listen to her. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that the ability to express and connect and, and transmit feelings and inspire you. I guess those two things. C'est donc principalement des outils utilisés par les chanteurs qui ont inspiré Sophia. Des manières d'être, de faire dans laquelle elle s'est reconnue. Tous ces éléments font d'elle une chanteuse assez éloignée des sentiers traditionnels du jazz. D'ailleurs, j'ai eu la chance de participer à des workshops d'improvisation vocale qu'elle a donnés en Belgique et au Portugal. Et cela se retrouve vraiment dans sa manière d'enseigner. I'm teaching most, mostly vocal improvisation with that same kind of um, idea of how to compose music immediately, instantly with other people. Vocal, basically a cappella music. And um, I think that what that work just brought into my life was a feeling of, of, of complete freedom that actually you can just really be very authentic and connect from where you are, accept your, yourself in a very deep way and then connect with the other and also accept the other as the other person is. And, and that's basically freedom. It's not, there's not, there are not so many rules in a way you cannot do this, you cannot sing those notes, that's a wrong note or You cannot use your voice in that way. No, in this work you can do whatever it comes out and you accept it and you surrender to the moment and you surrender to what's going on. And so, because, I, because that was so important for me to be able to open up myself, to connect with the audience more, to accept myself the way I am. It was such a deep work that I felt that I wanted to share that with other people. I felt, how can I just keep this for myself if, if it was so important for me to just yeah to, if it transformed me then i want to help also to transform other people with that work la musique de sofia est aussi influencée par des rythmes musicaux bien particuliers si vous connaissez un peu son univers vous aurez peut-être déjà cerné d'où proviennent les rythmes de ses propres chansons well brazilian music definitely um, because although in fado Uh, when I sing Fado or I sing songs that are a little bit in that mood, usually the voice is big and, and dramatic and, and, um, and the technique is very special, very, you know, you know, whatever that means. <laughs> But in, with the Brazilian uh, singers that I heard, it's really not like that. Many times the voice is 
soft and and the technique is very different so that's also very i got a lot i i, I got a lot from that too and from jazz obviously but i really love to listen to music from many different countries i don't know i like african singers and i just try to imitate their sound and and of course it just comes out also in my music actually i have a song in my um my album my new album the song is called lunga which is the title of the album too and it has an african rhythm there that i just don't know how it showed up there but i just yeah it just suddenly just it it is there and there's a little bit of african sounds in the in the song and um and so whatever i just hear and inspires me i end up many times using in my music lunga mena dino sunta che cavoia sei adingoma a mina dara mulitsa lady belli mora monala kunge amora da yaluruma igora la yamudu ve que l'interview avançait, je me suis rendu compte que les influences de Sophia étaient extrêmement variées. Chanteurs, musique traditionnelle, mais aussi les différents pays dans lesquels elle a habité, sont autant d'influences. Elle vit actuellement à Bogota, mais elle a déjà vécu à Porto, à Barcelone, à Paris, à Bruxelles, à Boston et à New York. Living in another country or another city, just, it just 
kind of makes you open up new doors constantly and, and open up your head because you're constantly seeing other ways of living and and that influences your music too other ways of doing music and so so definitely and also because when i'm living in other countries i'm i end up listening to the music from that country so that just gets into my system in a way and um and yeah it's it's like not a very conscious thing but it definitely impacts my 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 music for sure for example new york is a very hyperactive city and very stressful in a way it can be very stressful um but i wrote songs which are not stressful at all and and that maybe if you listen to them you don't see new york at all mm. i think all of the city might it might affect you then in the end what's most important is your state of mind when you're writing that song you know you might be in the middle of a field you know or the middle of trees and there's this super like agitated song that comes out you know i think it does affect you but in the end sometimes not because it just really depends on on the style of life or or that you have in that place or how you feel in that specific moment au cours de mes interviews je demande toujours aux chanteurs quel rapport ils entretiennent avec la mélodie et je savais que sofia y accordait beaucoup d'importance elle a besoin d'être connectée à la mélodie qu'elle perçoit comme un voyage, mais aussi comme quelque chose d'un peu sacré qu'il ne faut pas trop dénaturer. I have a lot of respect for the melodies. That's something I learned a lot from fake lesson, the teacher I was telling you about before, because many times she made me sing the melody, the melodies of jazz standards or whatever song I was singing, the exact same way as it was written and really be expressive without making any variations yeah. which was really hard but i learned a lot from it se détacher d'un enseignement aussi fort et contraignant est loin d'être facile mais sofia continue de se challenger au quotidien sa manière de composer est en recherche et en évolution permanente uh, i don't have the, the i don't have one way of doing it and it changes a lot mm. It already happened that I composed everything separately. Like for example, I write the melody the way I, like for example, I was telling before, I write a melody and then I put chords into it. Um, that happened many times. And now recently I've been experimenting more with doing everything at the same time because I want to see what happens mm. when I do that. And that's not my tendency. My tendency, because I'm so melodic, my tendency is to focus on melody and then the rest we'll see. But now, I'm, recently I'm exploring more what happens if I write the lyrics, the melody and the harmony, mm. everything at the same time. Wow. Yeah. And, that, and that many times I feel that I mean, there's no rules, and any anyway can can happen, mm. in my opinion. Mm. A lot of people say, no, you must do... I don't believe in that. I really don't. But I have to say that when you do everything together, there's something very organic about it, that it's very powerful too. So 
So the last uh, songs that I wrote were written like that, almost like just improvising with, for example, now I'm working a lot with the ukulele. So improvising with the ukulele and let it come out, at least a good part of the composition, that it just comes out all at the same time. Même en mettant tous les éléments au même niveau, rythme, mélodie et parole. Sophia en revient souvent à la mélodie quand elle parle de ses propres chansons. C'est notamment le cas quand elle évoque la chanson qui lui tient particulièrement à cœur et qu'elle chante pour le moment à chaque concert. Flore Sylvestre. And it's, it has a poem from my mother, so that's a very, very special one. And then the melody is just very nice to sing. And, and, and the, also the message is, is really beautiful. The poem is very beautiful from my mother. And everybody connects a lot to that song and to that, the simplicity of the melody and, and also of the, of the message, which basically talks about a wildflower, like a flower that shares how wonderful it is, it is to live in nature. Mm -hmm. and, and that says that the secret for happiness is just listening with your heart and live in simplicity. Viver na cidade, basta ouvir o coração, viver na cidade. 
quelque chose m'a marqué à chaque fois que je suis allée voir Sophia en concert. Elle n'est pas seulement chanteuse, elle raconte aussi à merveille. C'est une vraie passeuse d'histoire. The words are very important, but more than the words, it's the story that's behind each song that I write. Because, for example, that song that I was talking about, it's called Lunga, it has an invented language. So it doesn't really, the words don't mean anything. Mm. Although people listen to, to it and they think it's a language and they ask, what language is this? Because it sounds like a language. It's not like the typical scat or vocalese kind of sounds. It's really, it's, it sounds like a language, but it's not. But what I feel very inspired to share with the audience is mostly what made me write that song. What happened when I wrote that song? How did I feel and why did I want to invent a language in that moment? Um, and then if I'm singing, if I'm singing something which has real words, many times I just translate a part of the poem or, or the lyrics. But most of all, I share why that, why I wrote it, why those lyrics or that poem are impor important to me. And, uh, and that's why probably you say I'm a storyteller because I just feel that that's a very, a very important part of my concerts. It's to share the stories behind the, the songs. Les moments où l'on retrouve Sophia sur scène sont toujours intenses en émotion. Et pour cause. Comme elle le dit au début de l'interview, elle aime partager avec les autres. D'ailleurs, ses concerts ont pris une autre tournure quand elle y a introduit des chansons dans sa langue natale, le portugais. Et maintenant, elle en est arrivée à un point où son répertoire est quasi exclusivement en portugais. Like in the, in the first years of my career, I was singing mostly in English. Also because I was coming from the jazz singing world and I was singing mostly standards. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing concerts outside of Portugal and I started having this request from the audience of singing, oh, why don't you sing a Portuguese fado? And I didn't really, uh, I was not so connected to fado at the time, I just wanted to sing jazz. But I thought, okay, maybe it's interesting to add one tune in Portuguese to my repertoire and sharing where I come from. And that started being the strongest moment of the concerts. Mm. People would react like, what is this? And, and, and I, wasn't, I was singing a, a fado, only one. And, um, but yeah, that, that made people cry, that made people would just clap more in that song. I thought, oh, okay, well, there's something happening over here. <laughs> and uh, I started slowly adding one more tune in Portuguese. I started searching, okay, besides fado, what could I sing in Portuguese? And then I started writing my own music and just kind of naturally, it just came out in Portuguese. I think I wrote one song in English or two and then, and then that was it. And, and it was also, it was a lot because of the, uh, the, the reaction of the audience because many people started telling me It's great when you sing in English, but there's something, there's something special when you sing in your language. And I also started feeling that. I, mm. I just felt that my voice 
would come out in a different way. And yeah, and my own music, somehow it just became very natural for me to express myself in that way. Because of course I have more vocabulary, it's my, it's my own language, my own words. And it came to a point that sometimes I don't even sing one song in English. It's kind of funny. In the new album, I have one in English yes. that I like. <laughs> Thank you. That, um, but it was a poem. So I really loved the poem and I thought, I want to write music to it. And it doesn't really matter if it's in English or not. And people like that song a lot in the concerts too. But, um, but nowadays, I think it would be very strange for me to do a whole concert in English. It just wouldn't feel like it's my most authentic expression. Mm. And I had a lot of doubts about that in the beginning. And sometimes I still wonder, Oof, I'm singing in a language that most of the people, they don't understand because I mostly do concerts outside of Portugal. And the comments are always, I don't understand the words, but I really feel what you're singing. So people even tell me, please don't sing in English, sing in your own language. I don't, it doesn't matter if we understand it or not, which is kind of surprising. So, um, and also that's why it's so important that I tell the stories yeah. because otherwise maybe they would just, of course they could still enjoy, But when I tell the story, they make their own idea of the song. And, uh, and then they don't get the words, but they, get, they kind of feel what I'm talking about. Cette relation avec le public, Sophia y tient très fort. Qu'elle soit connectée ou pas avant le concert, qu'elle soit en forme ou absolument pas, dès qu'elle met le pied sur scène, la magie opère. When I'm on stage of you just find a way to deal with every situation which is there because there's like this focus and this delivery to the audience and you just find a way. Yeah. You might be have a cold, you might be completely exhausted. I don't know, you might be disconnected and then you get there and everything just aligns and you and you just you just do what you got to do. And that's really powerful. Mm. And sometimes I'm even tired. I'm like, oh, I prefer, I would prefer to go to the movies instead of singing. I mean, that happened. I remember that. Of course, when you do it a lot, and that takes away a little bit of this fairy tale thing of, oh, going on stage, it's always wonderful. It is always wonderful. But it can also be exhausting because you just, you have to give a lot. And, but in the end, it's always wonderful. Mm. Because I think there, it's just so powerful when you get on stage. There's something so powerful happening that it's always a great experience. Sophia est difficilement classable dans une catégorie. Pas traditionnelle, pas pop, pas complètement jazz, toujours à l'écoute de son public. Un bel ovni de la musique indépendante qui vient tout juste de faire appel à ses fans pour un financement participatif qu'elle vient d'obtenir avec grand succès. La suite de cette aventure sera dans son prochain album. I feel that what I'm doing is a little specific because it has a, these very specific influences and um, I'm not really like, I, I don't feel that, that I'm completely in a specific scene, you know, like there's a jazz scene in Portugal. I don't know if I'm really 
completely connected or integrated in that scene. Sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. But um, I'm connecting a lot to the Latin community in a way and to, to like a, a trend of independent musicians maybe who are finding ways to do music in without having the need of a label or management or you know like people who are saying okay I'm doing my music and I'm finding my way to finance my albums I think if I fit in a in like in a kind of group of people that would definitely be my my group of people independent musicians who are finding ways to just bring their music to other places with without having the typical support from yeah from like the musical industry who are finding their way with the with the musical industry which has been changing completely the last years like from one place to the yeah. other so like struggling musicians <laughs> who are like fighting hard to bring their music to different places mm -hmm. hopefully it will become less hard at some point <laughs> now and it's not that hard actually but it means it needs a lot of effort and work and hard work definitely Sophia comme pas mal d'autres chanteurs et chanteuses a une relation d'amour haine avec sa voix on l'aime mais notre instrument est exigeant et guide et rythme notre quotidien. C'est parfois éprouvant, mais nous savons pourquoi nous le faisons. Il faut vraiment en prendre soin, sinon des fois, tout fout le camp. Entre les tournées, les voyages, les enregistrements ou les cours, Sophia peine parfois à se poser, mais elle a eu une prise de conscience assez phénoménale dernièrement. Pendant l'interview, elle m'a également confié qu'elle remarque que sa voix évolue au fil des années et lui permet aujourd'hui d'aller plus loin dans l'expression de ses sentiments. Avec ce recul, Sophia porte un regard le plus bienveillant possible sur sa voix. Well, I love my instrument. Sometimes I hate it too. <laughs> no, I love my instrument. Sometimes I get, I get easily tired with my voice. So... That's why I hate it sometimes. I hate it that that is a... Uh, not that I hate it. I need to take care of it a lot. And that's a wonderful thing. Mm. But sometimes when you feel like singing the whole time and speaking the whole time and teaching and doing things and traveling and... So sometimes I wish it would be more... more resistant. Mm -hmm. So that I could just sing 10 hours a day and teach and... Um, but I love it. I, I really love my voice in a way that I feel that it's it just allows me to express whatever I want to mm. with it. And even when I can't, because I'm more tired and my voice is less flexible and the high notes are not so much there, um, I find a way to express myself with more air or less mm. air, with a more high notes or less high notes there's always a way to express myself because it's just it's coming from inside it's coming from your feelings and emotions mm -hmm. so no no if you think of Billie Holiday who had such a small register she was the one of the most expressive singers that I've ever heard mm -hmm. so so I think in the end it's just um 
if I would sing classical music, it would probably be harder because the technique is so um, like strict in a way, right? You need to sing over an orchestra, you need to really use your voice in a very, very specific way. And the fact that I do music which is so open and free, I can use my voice the way I want to. And there's always a ways to express yourself with, with, with your voice no matter how you use it. So, so yeah, I love my voice. Ce podcast touche à sa fin. Mais je ne pouvais vous laisser sans vous partager cette merveilleuse anecdote que m'a confiée Sophia concernant l'un de ses concerts. Personne ne saurait en douter, la musique adoucit les mœurs. And I remember one concert that I did in duo with, uh, with Juan Andres Ospina mm. that was in Venezuela. It was right before the situation started getting really, really serious politi politically there, but it was already very complicated. And I remember that it was really magical uh, because already the situation was hard and there were not so many concerts happening and very unsafe to be in the streets. And I felt this appreciation of the audience, which was really, really special. And in the end, I remember just hugging the people in the audience. Everybody would come and say hi, and I was just hugging everybody, people that I did not know. I do that a lot, but that specific concert was, people would just come with their eyes, you know, shining and saying, you just gave us the biggest gift ever. And, and I, I, I remember that that was very, you know, when you feel that the audience is really, really appreciating what you're doing and it's important for their lives and for their souls. That happens a lot, but that one was a very, c'est avec cette belle anecdote que nous clôturons ce deuxième épisode. Je me réjouis de partager avec vous la suite de mes aventures. Vous pouvez également vous rendre sur le site Barbara Viernick Explores pour retrouver des interviews complètes. Vous pouvez me laisser un commentaire, un message ou bien vous abonner sur la plateforme que vous avez utilisée pour écouter cet épisode. C'était Barbara Viernick Explores, un podcast réalisé par Barbara Viernick et Zoé Van Coppenol. Les interviews sont réalisées par Barbara Viernick. Le jingle est écrit et interprété par Alain Pierre. Merci pour votre écoute.